Alan Barr, and this is Radio Free RPG. Hello, I'm Alan Barr, and welcome to Radio Free RPG. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Diogo Noguera. Yeah. Got pretty close. I did not get it right, yeah. but I got it's close. It's hard. It's, it's Portuguese. Diogo is an RP- Sorry. Diogo is an RPG artist, uh, designer, writer, and publisher of a variety of stripes. I've worked with him extensively in the past, and I'm absolutely thrilled he came on the show to talk with us today. Hello. How's everybody going? Doing? I, I am Diogo, and... Sorry. You, you mean just, oh, okay. No, you're fine. Uh, uh, you are Diogo. Diogo, tell us how we might know you in the RPG. Well, I'm I'm the the person behind what is old school publishing, which is basically a, a one man show, uh, which I I write and I use I use it to do a lot of graphic design and illustration for my own stuff. But nowadays, I like to to work with other people and collaborate and and I have this vision that. Multiple minds working on something can can make something greater than one mind could. Like uh, my work is always made better by the work of others. So uh, I, nowadays I try to 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 work with other creatives that I like, and I make games more recently, such as Cosmos Hours, uh, Primal Quest, uh, the Trilogy of Horror that uh, came out through Gangnamite Games originally. Uh, which is the that are coming, screams amongst the swords, and running out of time. And a lot of people still know me a lot of because my uh, first games that were really OSR centric, which are sharp swords and sensor spells, and solar blades and cosmic spells. But uh, but I, I some people know me because of the, the adventure well, I won an award for to its House of the Blood King for old school essentials. Yes, yes, you won an any for that. Yeah. A gold one, if I recall, right? For for writing. Yeah, yeah very yeah, exciting. I was really surprised. Yeah. Oh good. It well deserved. It's an thank excellent you, adventure. You. Yeah. So you often describe your games as having a old school spirit. Yes. Uh what what does that mean to you? What defines that particular phrase because you are one of the few people who uses it i i think you're the only one well, I've some, seen some people uh, now call uh the nsr which like a no now school revolution which is basically kind of what i do like i it's capturing the spirits of old school play but creating new rules and incorporating maybe new mechanics for more uh modern games what i call being like an old school spirit is that kind of uh adventures the spirit of the old games like uh not necessarily you're like a hero and you're going to save the world and and, and be brave and you're going to tell a story because nowadays uh dd is very very focused on, on being heroes of telling epic stories and having a, a narrative like like an epic narrative like you would see in a, in a novel in a movie which is fine but uh in the old days it would, would be more like adventurers not necessarily heroes you're not there to do good. You might do good, 
but you might be there just to, for glory, for gold, for your own objectives, which is very reminiscent of mm. uh, the pulp literature that early inspired the game, like the Appendix N, like Conan and Farfading Grimauser and Morcock, uh, uh, Morcock, no, Eric, they weren't necessarily heroes trying to do good. They're like pursuing their own agendas and Sometimes, yeah, they would end up helping people, but they, they, it wasn't like the focus of the game. And sure. th that, that's the kind of narratives and the kind of game is the game that's kind of unforgivable. Like uh, your characters may might as well die like in the first encounter if something goes bad or if you, if you plan uh, badly. Uh, they're not focused on, on, on balance. Like all the encounters, all the challenges you have, in the game are not necessarily for you to, to face and, and overcome. Sometimes it's for you to face and quickly realize you can deal with that and just get out of there. Uh, and and, and it, I mean, games are more open, more like kind of sandbox, okay. and, and, and they not, don't have uh, specific objectives uh, and, and gives, gives you two tools to improvise and, and let the players go off the rails, you know, to do that kind of open gaming that's challenging and games that doesn't have all the answers in the for the players ready for them to to press a button you know it's not like you have like tons of skills and a challenge appears and just says oh i will use this power because this power is to solve this kind of problem is for players to engage in the game and develop what's uh old school games call uh player skill like they have to solve the the problems not through the rules but through the <clears throat> To the to, 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 to play. Like in they're in the game, they're they're the characters and they have ideas and they try that and they the games have like a simple core rules that can interpret these these ideas of them in in a simple way that can help the game keep going without having the needs to consult the game for specific rules and, and, and exceptions. I think that's it for me. <laughs> okay. I think that's a very yeah, I think it's a very uh, a good look at what you think makes them uh, have that old school spirit. But with the rules, unlike some games that some might call OSR, you don't attempt to emulate the exact rules. You're just trying to get the feel of the old school style rules from the 70s and 80s in your game. You're not as concerned about the exact rules being replicated, yes, uh, right? Especially because the last part I said, I want rules that lets you play without having to consult the the, the, the game book. Like even for even though like I love D and D BX and old school essentials, like for me, like the most simple and elegant version of D and D, but it's, you still have to consult like tables or or stuff like that to to record something. Like each character. Each type of character has different uh, XP requirements and different uh, tables and different ways to use skills, which is cool and fine. It's a feature of those games, and I like them for that reason. But for sometimes my games that I, I like to improvise a lot, I want games that have a really set core mechanic and, and some type of mechanic that can do lots of things, but without having me go through a book to consult exactly which everything of them do, you know. Since my, my first game, since uh, Sharp Swords, I have this concept of vocation or concept that kind of functions like a fate aspect, you know? It's like a descriptive uh, thing you yourself create for a character that lets, lets you basically customize it in any way you want 
for without having to have lists and lists of abilities. And 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 they have a simple way to function in the game and helps you and have a, a mechanic impact, but they also have a, a narrative influence. And and that's something from, from newer games, more what they call narrative games that OSR does does not have. And I like to incorporate that because it gives me my game more uh, more flexibility, gives my players more liberty, and and lets and allow me to almost create anything on the spot. Like, ah, do you want to go somewhere else? And I said there would be like a mutant dragon with three heads on its tails. I can I can come up with stats and and, and things to play it okay. uh, quite easily without having to you know consult books uh, and know the XP requirement of if I give this ability. How much XP I would have to give more? So that's the stuff I incorporate from from newer games that makes okay. uh, it's kind of different from from traditional Warstar games. But I still have some some of the elements of the traditional, like uh, the mortality, like few attributes, not a lot of uh, specific abilities. Like you, you create character really quick, you can make them even randomly if you want to. You know, so. Some of the experiences that you have on sure. Western games you have on, on mine okay. too, but with new new things to help you keep playing uh, more loosely, you know, more freely. Okay, I think that's. I mean, I think that's a great explanation of that. Thank you very much. So you're based out of what? Now, if I recall correctly the term a lot of folks from your area use is RPG L A M. Am I, am I, is that the right abbreviation? Latin. Okay. L A T A M. Standing for Latin America. Um, and so it's this little loose collective or supportive network of, uh, RPG creators and designers from the Southern hemisphere. Of the yeah. uh, of the yeah, we, American continent, we have Mexico too. It's in up there. Yeah. And what? And yes, yes, yes. I guess everything yeah. south of the United States, rather yeah. than the Southern Hemisphere. So what? What is the? Now I see a lot of posts and tweets, and you all share each other's work really actively. And I think that's a really great supportive voice. Um, and when we've talked in the past, you've expressed that RPGs locally have struggled to gain a foothold from local creators for you. That uh, there's a lot of American RPGs or English speaking RPGs that come down, but that there are very few homegrown RPGs that have reached that level of We'll call oh, yeah. it market penetration. We have a in lot of area. independent publishers, a lot of independent authors here making really, really good work. Uh, I have, I am a fan of quite a few of them, and we are friends. Sometimes we play together. They have excellent games, but they are not. You know, you go to a convention here; they are playing Dungeons and Dragons and Shadowrun, or you know, Vampire and Masquerade, Call of Cthulhu. Very few people right. are actually playing, you know, independent games. But, but I, I mean. Uh, it's pretty much the way probably it is on, on conventions in the United States, but you still have like more independent games that are pretty popular. Like if you go to Gen Con, they have like huge rooms for Dungeon Crawl Classics and, and, and other games that are not really these brand games from corporations, you know. But here it's it's almost unheard of, you know. 
Sure. And part of that is there's not a lot of push from the uh, Latin American RPG community into the United States or English speaking countries as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't, unfortunately, I don't see a lot of those wonderful yeah, RPGs yeah, yeah, being translated. Yeah. When they are, it's because the creator, in, like in your case, is yeah, bilingual yeah, yeah. and can do it themselves. Absolutely, yeah. Well, one of my goals would be one day... What are what are some standouts? Standouts here from Brazil, you, you say? Yeah, I, I think we're not syncing up quite right yeah. with the sound. Um I was going to ask, what are some of the standouts folks might be interested in down there in uh, Latin American RPG spaces, specifically Brazil, okay. where you're from, that they might want to look haven't into? haven't been translated yet? Yeah. Okay. Or if they have been, and maybe they don't know, and they want to look okay. at them. Okay, well, from, from Brazil that has already been translated, we have Really cool games uh, by, for example, uh, Guilherme Gondito has uh, Into the Odds, like hack called Into the Bronze, which is like a fantasy Mesopotamian kind of game, which which really cool, really well made. He has even like a hacks kit for you to to create uh, settings for it, and there is uh, quite a few adventures, and he's he's writing a new one. And they all look fantastic too because he's he's like incredible uh, graphic designer. Uh, we have a game from 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 my friend uh, Gustavo Tortoneoni and Victor, which is called River Band, which is it's really a fun uh, game about fishing and magic cats. So it's very different from from like traditional games, but. Uh, it's really interesting. Like you, you can make competitions and, and you can discover really weird uh, fantasy things in this. In this, it's very really like a heartwarming game. So if you're kind of interesting in seeing this kind of content here, uh, we have two from Brazil. We have uh, We Are Monsters too from Wendy that came out from uh, So Muppet. Uh, actually, So Muppet has has had a Kickstarter for RPG Latin Outers. So they released like three games from 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 people from Latin America, and they also publish uh, some of other stuff from other authors here from Brazil. Uh, if you wanna check them out, uh, they do really good work in the printing and stuff. So it's it's a good place to get there. I would say uh, here from Brazil, there's like an author that I really 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 like. It's called Jorge Valpassos. Which uh, he's like a history professor, but he's really well articulated, and he he's really intelligent. You know, sometimes he, he talks about game design and stuff, and I kind of get lost because he, you know, he's like an mm-hmm. academic, but his games are really, really, really good, and they do really interesting stuff. Uh, we have like a a paranormal uh, investigation RPG that is set in Brazil. You know. So all these in this idiosyncrasies of Brazil, like characteristics, like the the government and the corruption and the difficulties of the crime and stuff, is all embedded in the game. So it's it's really interesting to see uh, how how he captures uh, the things from from Brazil, from our setting, our people, and and our customs, and and and, and puts it in the game and makes it very unique. And and I, I think I really think it would be interesting for. 
for people from outside of Brazil to to experience this and have a little glimpse of what it would be. Because I mean, everyone from around the world, uh, we have this idea of of these games and uh, how how this setting goes. Because we, we watch American television, we watch American films, we watch American fiction. So it, it's like a common culture, but but we all have different cultures and different ways people talk and dress and, and behave and, and 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 in RPGs they're they're mm-hmm. almost exclusively uh uh homogeneously the way uh, we see in, in American culture you know so I think that would be really cool to to see okay in, to show to other people you know uh yeah yeah, we, yeah. I, I, we, I have a friend too Pedro Borges who made like a really cool uh, Western fantasy game, but but Brazilian Western, which is completely different from uh, traditional American Western and then okay. spaghetti Western and, and things like that. You know, we had like the it's 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 something else. You know, it, it'd be really cool to see uh, this kind of stuff too in in the United States or in Europe for people to check out and. I, I I had a dream. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, hopefully, I had a dream of one day making like a publisher and and, well, go ahead. and publishing these games uh, in English. Like I, I would, I had a, a plan from moving to Portugal and opening this publisher there, and 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 I had already talked to some of the, those authors to publish their games in English. And but maybe we can still do that even if I, I'm still here, you know. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic to see some of that happen. I think there's a lot of uh, potential there. So, now one of the one of the things that you are very active in is the zine community. Yes. Uh and this zine community is a very DIY do it yourself style community. What appeals to you about making zines in that manner? Uh well, when I started playing RPGs, I played what people normally play, you know, D&D, Vampire, Call of Cthulhu and this kind of stuff. And by the time 4th edition came out, I was just getting back playing RPGs after stopping because of college. And I played for a while, and it wasn't mm-hmm. my thing. And then I started looking outside to see what people were doing, and I found the OSR, and then I found the CC RPG, and and I found the community that was really like they didn't wait for the publishers to release stuff; they would just make their own stuff and publish it in zines and send it to you to your home, and 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 they could send it in letters, you know. So I, I I'm here from Brazil, and I would get this stuff people from other I would get this stuff made from other people like me, other players from all around the world from like cheap, you know, because they could send this as letters. And I became fascinated with that, like with, with a community right. of players that would make stuff for their game and share with one another almost freely. And 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 I started seeing other people doing that with other games or, or publishing games in this format of Zine. And they would they would they were so much more personal, so much more. I mean, creative and pushing the boundaries 
of the standard like homogeneous like genre fantasy stuff that you see out there so i, I found love with that and i i i thought to myself oh i can do that i, I can express myself i can use my my imagination to share with people like how how i see fantasy how i see sword and sorcery how i see you know uh these games and and and, and i found it as a way to express myself and express my ideas and and and, and see what other people are doing instead of like consuming this, you know, uh, box office uh, corporate games that have all these things created to to please and not to offend or not to something like that, you know. I think it's uh, the the Zine culture for okay. me feels much more authentic than the you know big company games that although are cool, I I, I still really love them. Sure. I love. Uh, a lot of stuff from Free League that some you know some people okay. don't see more as an indie, but I, I still see that their stuff re- really great, and they, they're still doing. For me, some personal things like this, this, this kind of fantasy cartoon RPG they're releasing uh, more recently isn't something you would see maybe from D and D. I don't know, and I still like a lot of those stuff. Okay. Okay. I think that I mean I think that's a great uh, way to look at it. Uh, the getting the personal touch and view from the creator, uh, sort yeah. of unfiltered, which can really help. Now you've you've worked with a lot of different uh, companies to get your games into the into the English speaking market. You've worked with me. You've worked with Exalted Funeral. You've done it yourself. Uh, you've done it you know through digital platforms like Drive Through RPG. And and you've been you become well regarded in that space. I mean, you won an any for your for your adventure. So, uh, what was it like to get that recognition of the any after sort of working your way into this space? Well, as I said, I was really really surprised. Even even as I was uh, nominated. Uh... It was something I never expected because I never, first of all, I never saw myself as someone that writes adventures. I I, I had mainly written uh, systems, and I don't know. Adventures seem, seem kind of more difficult mm-hmm. because you have to like it's a closed experience with a system. You kind of write a lot of tools, and, and and you have someone helping you when they run the game. The GM they 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 do a lot of the the have work too. Uh, but when I, I won an adventure, I was really surprised and really thankful for the community that uh, helped me. Uh, I always try to, to give back, you know, because I learned a lot from, from a lot of people. I learned a lot from you. I learned a lot from, from, from James uh, Spun. I learned a lot from, from Matt Finch. I learned a lot from, I don't know, a lot of people that talked to me. I, since the beginning, I released my game and then... And, and, something incredible happened. People started sending me emails talking about my games and saying what they what they thought of it, how they liked it, how they were using it. And they always, this kind of stuff always gives me ideas to do something next, you know. And and, and I can really see like a, vis- a clear evolution of my game design work from, from Shops Rewards until today. And, and although they don't seem like it, they're very well, very connected. They're like an evolution of the way I want to play games. Uh, and the recognition was really nice. Like I, uh, 
somehow like in the beginning and although I was accepted, I always feel felt kind of apart, but I always saw a lot of people working together and doing stuff together. And I'm, I, I didn't really work together with a lot of people. I always usually doing my stuff. I worked together with you, but we didn't do games together. No, you know, things like that. And after the end is, I right. kind of, uh, started having a lot of invites to do a lot of stuff. So that, that felt really great. That felt like I, I was finally part of something. Uh, and working with people I admired a lot, and and, and having opportunities to 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 have my name together with them, and work and contribute to their work. And but at the same time, uh, I think I got overwhelmed, and and I started saying yes to a lot of stuff. And because I didn't have this notion of how much this would consume me, because working alone is one thing. You know, you you know what you want, and you make it. And when you work with others, it takes. For me, at least, it takes a lot more time than it would take for me to make this thing for myself, because th there's a back and forth, and they have a different vision sure. than you. So, uh, and then I, I think I, I, I overworked myself and then got a bit of uh, uh, kind of a burnout, and I'm starting to get back to it and and and, and working myself up again. And I have a lot of stuff that I produced during the pandemic. I have like four or five games that are have already been written but it, they like in slow process of getting art and getting editing and, and getting this stuff so although i'm not sure. producing a lot of stuff right now i have already produced quite a few stuff that it's coming out uh, slowly i guess we'll see a we'll see a flood of works from diogo yeah, soon yeah hopefully yeah some, some of the process takes time. Good. Well, it sounds like when you get some space, we need oh, to do something that, together. Yeah. So we should we should probably do that snowy hex yes. crawl we were talking about yeah. right before you, I completely fell in know, my fell doing, in my driveway. You know, I love doing sword and snow, sorcery so. in different genres too. So I, I have uh sword and sorcery, street and sorcery, uh star and sorcery, I have now uh stone and sorcery can do snow and sorcery. There we go. <laughs> that sounds great. I've got a Greek themed uh, sword and sandals, nice. sword and sorcery style game coming soon. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, and so, Diogo, one thing you do almost every year, obviously in recent years with the pandemic and travel restrictions and things like that, you are unable to, but you yes. come to Gen Con. And you are you are very active in the Goodman Games DCC uh, GM space, running a lot of Dungeon yeah. Crawl Classics. Well, originally I, I was like a lot, but when I started making my own games, I kind of divided and like running a few DCC and a few of my games. Okay, I think that's. I think that's fantastic, um, and it definitely gives you a chance to. I mean, it's allowed us yeah. to hang out in person and you know share some meals and talk and spend time together. And I'm looking forward oh, to yeah, doing so again this year when you're there. Um, and I think it's I think it's great that you're able to make that trip and be part of this part of the community up here. Is there something like that down there that folks could participate in if I wanted to come down? Now, keep in mind, unfortunately, I don't speak Portuguese, uh, so I would need to hang out with you the whole time so you oh, make absolutely. sure I don't yeah, end up getting, you know, 
my foot my foot in my mouth and punched in the face or something. We we have a, a convention but, here. Obviously, it's not as as grand as as Gen Con, you know. But we have like a probably five thousand to ten thousand people. Uh, wow, that happens in São Paulo, which is our like the biggest city. It's called the Diversão Offline, which is like offline fun. <laughs> And we have okay. like board games or RPGs, and, and, and people just hang out and go to bars cool. afterwards, and then oh, play or play something. And São Paulo is a big city and has like fantastic food too, so it's it's a cool place to to visit if you really go there. Great parks too. Cool. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll add that to my list to do. In yeah, the that, next that few would, years. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to go to other conventions uh, in the U.S., but, uh, yeah, money. It's it's definitely hard. I have, I would, there's some in oh, the yeah. U.K. that friends Regularly. go to. I would love to go to, I would love to go to Essen one day, but it can be difficult to make it happen, so. And especially me, I don't live near a big airport or a big city, so I have to drive six or seven hours yeah. and then fly, so. So, Diogo, we're getting close to the end of time here. We try to go half an hour to 45 minutes. Um, what is a question you've always wanted to be asked so you can answer it that you've never been asked? Uh, I was going to joke to say I, I wanted to be asked, like, would you like to, to be sponsored to make all the games you have ideas for and not to worry about having money to, to like pay your bills and stuff? I would say, oh, yes, I've always wanted to be asked at that. But I, I probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I would too, yeah, that'd well, be great. I mean, you probably ask for, like, uh, I don't know, about my work, probably, so, I don't know, like, what I always, I don't know why I've always wanted to be asked, I maybe, Much, yeah. That's fair. Um. So, yeah. I have a question then. Uh, it's about music. Do you listen to music? Are you inspired by music when you when you write and yes, create I, I don't often listen to music while, while i'm writing i'm trying to to try that because you know i'm trying to get back on the jam and i'm, I'm trying new things to see if it's it helps but music yes inspires me and, and uh not necessarily the theme uh with the thing i'm writing but i'm, I'm really <laughs> i'm really into comedy and i'm really into some artists how they create stuff and how they think and how they so I've been listening to music that that's that's made by comics sometimes, and and that's really inspired me. Uh, okay. But yeah, or or you know, punk rock, the punk rock attitude. I, people always said like OSR is, is metal, and I'm always said no. For me, punk rock is like me. For me, OSR is punk rock because it's get what you want and, and make make something out of it. And and, and metal is a lot more want more embellished than than punk rock. So. Uh, that's that's something that the way it okay. inspires me me too, uh, but yeah, currently I'm I'm really uh, obsessed with Bo Burnman, so I listen to that a lot, and, and oh, sure. I, it's really a creative person that inspires me a lot. Uh, not only because of the work he does, but uh, the the things he, he have gone through, like the the. the uh, mental health issues and stuff and how they talk about it. And, 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 and it made me laugh during the pandemic and that, that was really important. So that stayed with me and, and, and it helps me relax. Yeah. 
That that makes sense. I uh, I will have to give him a listen. I haven't really listened to him extensively, so I will take oh, a look I'm, today. I'm, I, I bought the uh, the album there. <laughs> oh, right there. All right. Uh, for listeners, you won't see this, but I can see the album on Diogo's bookshelf right behind him, nice it, and in plain view. It's a really well-produced so. product, too, uh, even for, like, RPG. You know, like, like uh, we are doing some RPG albums now, and this one, they have, like, uh, acrylic covers from, from for, for, for the discs, and you change them, and the image on the disc changes because the acrylics have different colors, and one color blocks the other. So... It gave me an idea, like to make a map, and, you, and like you've changed dimensions, so you put another acrylic one, and the map changes because of that. And and they have like hidden hidden messages. Oh, that's uh, cool. In the in the vinyl and and other places and link cards. It's really, you know, that's what I said. Uh, for me, uh, Bo Boardman, it's it's like a really creative genius, and I'm I'm really get inspired by how they not only the craft, but how he he subverts the the medium. Of it to to do something, and that's something I'm trying to to explore with RPGs, like having like this meta game uh, mechanics in the in the game too. So, okay, well that's great, uh, Diogo. Do you have any questions for me? Yes, uh, if, if you would do other uh, creative uh, like work instead of making RPGs. Uh, would you like to do anything else, like music or, or being an actor oh. or comedy or anything like that? I, I cannot, I cannot sing to save my life. So oh, that, yeah, that no. would not be the. Option. I mean, I can't too, um, but if you could, I mean, if you like, I wanted to be able to do that. You know, uh, I would, I would love to, I would love to write comics. I think I've done some with the tiny supers comic and I really enjoyed it and I would love nice. to do more. Uh, let's, I, I would also love to direct film or something like that. Oh, I you would, read about it. I, I enjoyed the act of, or something. Yeah. When I went to college, oh, I actually nice. studied film. Uh, ended up doing RPGs, but it has definitely influenced how I make my games. And I've often, How's that? How's I, I, that? I've learned that in the creative process, How's that? How has uh, I will answer that. Yeah, it has. If you read my RPGs, especially the more, especially the more recent ones, they, they take a very cinematic tone to story structure, especially if you read crescendo oh. of violence. I think Crescendo of Violence from Osprey Games is where that shows up the most because I literally say you shouldn't try to structure this like a book. This is supposed to be a movie. Right. You should you should just jump to the next scene I when guess. you're ready. You should just keep moving, right? Um, and I and I use a lot of terms like that, and I try to structure the character creation like that. It's not about the specific details. It's about the archetypes on the screen and what that communicates and the visuals. Um, and that's really hard in RPGs because it requires a lot of visual yeah. representation. I mean, a film is a really visual medium and RPGs are visual in a different way a lot of the times. And so it has definitely influenced me and it. The influence is getting stronger as I get more comfortable in the RPG space. Uh, and I would, I would, I think I would like to go the other way. I would love for somebody to pay me to direct a crescendo of violence movie. 
Like, I think that yeah. would look amazing. And I would love That'd to do cool. that. Have you tried, like, doing, like, a short movie or, or directing a short? When I, when I was college, in college and around the college age, when I was still in my college town, I participated in some student films and short films, yeah. Both as a screenwriter and a producer. So. And I've directed plays for the stage. So. I've done. I've done that. I've done. I, I've done, see, like, I used to act. Stars, have, like a stretch goal, for, like a final stretch goal for like, you no, know, who cares? Maybe five five hundred thousand dollars. Like we make a short film for the game. You know, you could direct that. That would be cool. Oh, oh I wouldn't <laughs> even know what to do. Uh, there, well, I tell you what, I live in North Dakota where it's very snowy. So if we make yes. our snow and sorcery, I will, I will get, we'll, we'll put a $500,000 stretch goal and oh, we'll make yeah, a short film. Fantastic. <laughs> there we go. All right, folks, uh, Diogo, if folks want to find you or support you, what is the best uh, way for them to do You can find so? me on Twitter or Instagram at Diogo underline old skull. Uh, you know, skull from the bone in your head, not the place you go to, you know, study math. And, yep. and you can find me at Facebook too, at Old Skull Publishing or Diogo Nogueira. And you can find my stuff on Drive Through RPG, each, each IO, uh, searching for Old School Publishing or any of my games. And you can find my stuff selling at uh, Exalted Funeral too, some of them. Uh, we're releasing more as as we we work on okay. other other things. That's it. Well, Diogo, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank and you so it's much great for inviting me. That, that was fun. I I miss talking to you. <laughs> when we working together, it's yes. Well, <laughs> why will it? It's one of those things where, as we've worked less together, we've talked less. So we'll have yeah, to fix that. Absolutely. All right, folks. Oh, I'm Alan Barr, and this has been Radio Free RPG.